Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, after an absolute whirlwind of a day for our beloved Chicago Bears, my brother, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports, your resident Wisconsin Badgers insider, back home in Madison, and just a day or so after us recording this, we'll be covering the Badgers in Friday Night Lights in West Lafayette, Indiana, against the Purdue Boilermakers. Nick, you're back on the Badger beat two weeks in. How are you doing tonight, my brother? A really good lead-in. You know, we could tell in our couple minutes of, of prep here, just right before the show, we, we've got the energy. Man, it, it's kind of crazy. I was just listening to what you were saying. It's a little bit unbelievable uh, how quickly this all came about. So I'm back. I'm on the beat. Truly, truly excited about that game. It's special. Even talking to players, you know, Friday Night Lights, as you know, former football player, you know, there's something about it. But I'm excited. You know, we've got a lot to unpack and really a, a busy week uh, in terms of what we love to talk about here in the Bears and sprinkle in a little college football as well. Nick, there is something so special about playing college football under the lights. And particularly for the Badgers on Friday, they get a great opportunity in being one of the lone games that people will be tuning into, opening up Big Ten play. And they have a spectacular opportunity to move to 3-1 and one on the season and then head back home for the homecoming game against Rutgers which I will be in attendance once again <laughs> as the Badgers welcome the New Jersey team, the Scarlet Knights. So fantastic on all fronts when it comes to Bucky and the complete other side of the coin for our Bears. So folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, <laughs> juice up! All right, Nick, as I just alluded to, things are going great for you personally, professionally, covering the Wisconsin Badgers and back home. But good Lord Almighty, our beloved Chicago Bears are in complete and utter turmoil heading into week three. This NFL season is flying, and I hate to say it. Yeah, it is. We are rolling into Kansas City with a great deal of unknowns, particularly on the defensive side of the football after just getting pummeled down in Tampa against the Buccaneers. And the score will not reflect how bad that game truly was as the Bears had a pretty astonishing opportunity to get themselves back into the game late down 20 to 10. And then Justin Fields finds chase Claypool in the end zone to make it a three point game. Bears get a stop and then proceed within their own 10 yard line. Justin Fields manages to throw a pick six put the lead back up to double digits, and that was a wrap on the ballgame. So, 
not the finish we would have liked whatsoever. And I, at that point, actually thought the Bears could push it to overtime, get a quick field goal, probably still end up losing the game, but make it competitive late. And Justin Fields and that offensive line squandered it because Fields had not a ton of time back there throughout the game. There were definitely moments where he could have gotten the ball out a lot faster and made some better decisions when throwing the ball. Or in general, when it is a passing play and he's got so much time and nothing's open downfield, use those legs that we saw so many times last year. And I know we'll dive into that more, but I want to hear your thoughts on another loss by our Bears and what things could look like against the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Absolutely, brother. You know, it was it was a crazy day as, as we'll kind of continue to refer to. I will say this just briefly because we haven't talked since last game. You know, neither of us was shocked that they lost. In fact, credit to you, you even picked a loss, which was honest. Buccaneers seem to be just one of those teams that can maybe overperform. I mean, we know that division stinks, so they could be a playoff team. But here's the thing. I I was worried about what I saw from Justin Fields. Don't think you will meet a bigger Justin Fields fan, at least not in terms of the pros. But I love some of the fire and energy and enthusiasm that we did see from him as the week progressed, and specifically Wednesday at Hallis Hall. You know, he kind of all but threw some of the coach staff under the bus. I have never been a fire the coach guy, that type of thing. I'm not even calling for anybody's job right now. However, if we see repeat performances like that, just lackadaisical play calling, not prioritizing the, the comfort and the confidence of your own quarterback and hopefully star player that showed flashes of stardom last year, then some things may need to change. Now, you you talked at the end about what I may be expecting KC. I think it may be a little silly to expect a win, but I do expect a group that is very much together, that's playing with some fire, and, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Bears hold the lead in this game. I mean, We had talked last week, you and I, after the show, talking about how we could probably score on Kansas City. Their defense has actually been better than their offense, which it hurts our potential scoring. It might help our defense a little bit. But, however, I think there's some potential there, both in some of that confidence, like I mentioned, Fields creating with his legs. This is a game where he would be able to do that. And as much as I love Patrick Mahomes, He has not looked necessarily fully like himself this year. Maybe this is the chance we finally see an opportunistic move or two from the defense to keep the Bears in this one. So early on here, I do not expect a win, but I expect to see them play a better quality brand of football this Sunday. Nick, there is so much to try and wrap our heads around when it comes to the drama that went on. As we record this earlier today, at Hallis Hall, and you talk about Justin Fields' comments, and I will give my full breakdown on that. But when we factor in what happened on the field on Sunday 
and what could translate in the Kansas City game, the fact of the matter is this. Justin Fields has to play better. It is not all on Luke Getze and the coaching staff, but both things can be true. Justin Fields has played terribly in both games. He has clearly been the first to say that. And the coaching staff has not put him in a position to succeed in either game, both of which were winnable on paper. Clearly, we do not have the personnel to protect Justin Fields or the defense to stop what could have been a mediocre Packers offense and an unknown Buccaneers offense because Baker Mayfield is in year one. Those were both opportunities where the Bears could be sitting here at 2-0, and but they clearly did not prepare for either of those football games. That clearly is not on Justin Fields because the defense did not get their job done. And we may have some clarity as to why after what we heard this afternoon. But when I take a look at that game against the Bucks, Nick, it was simple. I said it in our preview, and I expressed it before the game on Sunday morning. The Bears had to put a stop to the connection between Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield, and they did exactly the opposite. <laughs> Mike Evans had a field day on our defensive front. Of course, we were down Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, and Kyler Gordon. Those are three of our starters in that secondary. But good heavens, 171 yards and a touchdown. That's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You have to dial something up to shut number 13 down because he was the entirety of that Bucks offense. Yes, Rashad White got some touches. But when they needed a big play, they looked to the veteran in Mike Evans and it paid off tenfold and that is a huge reason why the Buccaneers were able to take advantage of the Bears and get their second win of the season so what I take away from that game is yes Justin Fields has looked like someone who doesn't belong on an NFL field right now in both games, you throw pick sixes in both games. He's thrown three interceptions in two contests. That's unacceptable for a guy. How you mentioned, Nick, showed flashes of greatness last year. This was supposed to be the year where he put it all together and became one of the premier names at the quarterbacking position. So when we look at that game, Offensively, it was a dumpster fire, but the Bears did not realize until the bitter end that it is extremely important to get the football to DJ Moore. He had over 100 yards receiving himself in a convincing loss. So if this offense is going to improve, the ball has to get to DJ a great deal of the time, and Justin Fields has to use his legs when the pocket is collapsing and nobody's open to make a play downfield. He made his bones doing that last year, over 1,000 yards rushing, 
And right now he has 62 yards through two games. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm going to make a quick allusion to my previous beat, the Iowa State Cyclones. And last weekend, in their loss, you know, just about everything seemed to go wrong on the field and off the field. The team, basically, quarter of the starters seemingly got sick, uh, legitimately got sick. It was like a bug or food poisoning or something leading up to the game. Now, I, I couple that with the Bears because neither of us expected the defense to be good this year. Better? For sure. Good? No. Now, you, you put those secondary injuries. Those are some legitimately good players. And Mike Evans is one of my favorites of this, of this era, of this century. And while it was fun as a fan of his to see that he still got it, it was not ideal to see it against the Bears' defense. So we know if the defense plays like that, the Bears are going to win three games this year. As simple as that. But offensively, you're exactly right. Now, I don't choose, you know, whether you're right or wrong. I don't necessarily kind of speak in that way about, about Justin. There have been times, though. I mean, that pick six. That was really, really, really bad. It doesn't get much worse than that. Though I don't fully blame him, you're right. Uh, he has not played close to his best. I mean, close to even some of his worst as last year. Like, Bears often still had chances. So that's been an unfortunate thing. Now, knowing how this player operates and what the locker room thinks of him, very positive lights. Again, I think that they come together. You cannot control injuries. You can't control talent in the middle of a season. Like, it's not likely the Bears are going to make the playoffs. And to me, that is still okay. But we needed to see full growth as a team and, of course, from QB1. Now, it's early as much as you said the season's flying by, and it is. I couldn't believe it was week three when I was setting my fantasy lineups. There's still 16 weeks of the year and 15 games for these teams, at least. So, you know, I, I really kind of expect a more clear-cut, organized, and kind of together performance by the offense. I haven't checked. I did see the injury report earlier. I don't remember everything perfectly. I believe a couple guys are trending a little bit back uh, toward health-wise, specifically defensively. Very unfortunate news with Braxton Jones that's really gonna hurt but again the beautiful thing about Justin Fields and what he showed us last year is he can create so much you know by himself on the run specifically making plays with his legs but that is what he talked about in the presser today at Alice Hall he needs to trust his instincts I fully trust them I mean even that game against the Buccaneers that throw to Claypool I texted you about it that was a tough tough throw and a beauty that he made so, you know, I'm kind of excited for this game, quite honestly. It's kind of like a what else could go wrong, nothing to lose type feel, I hate to say. Badgers play Friday. I will have the game coverage that night, get work done Saturday. I'm going to enjoy this one. You know, it's one that I think is going to be fun to watch either way, but hopefully our Chicago Bears at least keep this thing competitive. Nick, we will certainly be diving into our matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. But you made a perfect segue into all of the happenings at Hallis Hall this afternoon. And I was truly stunned by Justin Fields' comments, not in a negative way whatsoever. 
I know a lot of people were ripping on Fields and maybe misconstruing what he meant when he said he felt like he was robotic and not playing like himself. I've been saying that all along. We have this same line of thinking. These past two weeks, it looked as if he was a shell of himself on the football field or somebody else was out there in his uniform. Because what we have seen in these first two weeks of football is not what Justin Fields is capable of. We saw so many pockets of astonishing play last year and we know that he's still capable of those major moments not necessarily winning a lot of games only three last year we've lost 12 in a row right now but the bears scored a ton of points down the stretch last year and almost all of it can be attributed to justin field's play So I had no problem with Justin Fields saying the last couple weeks he hasn't been playing like himself, especially in the Buccaneers game. And then reporters were asking him what he meant by that and what could have attributed to his overthinking on the field. And he said, could be coaching. That was the major focal point today could be coaching so many reporters and fans took that little soundbite and ran with it and what he really meant to say and i thought clearly did state was he has a lot of voices that are speaking to him throughout the football game and sometimes dogs like him have to go out and make big time plays on the football field and trust their natural instinct as a football player because he was able to do so so many times last year and be one of the most electric players in the game. So Matt Eberflus was on the same wavelength as Justin Fields in his presser today. We have to allow Justin to trust his instincts as a football player and utilize his natural athletic ability. That's really what it comes down to. That's what Fields was trying to get across, and he felt uncomfortable about it after the presser, so he felt the need to clarify things with the reporters. I don't think he needed to because it was pretty clear-cut, but of course, we know how things can go when we're talking about online media presence I don't count myself as someone, as a member of the media. But, of course, we do this podcast every week. He was not blaming the coaching staff for his play on the whole. I think it is a combination of Fields not feeling the opportunity to make plays on his own and Luke Getze not recognizing what type of talent Justin Fields has and look at the tape from last year. It's really tough to disagree with you, my brother, as, as we get you know a little bit closer to some predictions uh, for this upcoming game. But, you know, to me, like I said, it's, it, it just kind of stinks how we can't just be either be healthy or have, like, 
even relative health for either side of the ball at once. Because do I think this offense is going to be one of the best in the NFL? No. But I do think there are some legitimate weapons around there, specifically at wideout. We like some of what Cole Komet can do, has done. I think he showed a little bit, and I think it was that third quarter in the Buccaneers game. Running backs, we'll see. I mean, it sure would be nice to have a star back there, which I don't think the Bears have. I think they've got a couple decent guys, great number twos maybe, but I'd love to be proven wrong. But, you know, for this week, because I I don't want to get too crazy, I I will do a game pick at the end, but I've just – I've only got a bold offense this week, only offense. And and it's bold because, again, we don't necessarily predict this to happen, but we could see it happen or some form of it. I think Justin Fields accounts for three scores. I think he likely – I'm going to say he passes for two and runs for one. I could see this getting high scoring. Bears defense stinks. Maybe they're playing from behind. But I'm going to will this one into existence for being an exciting game. Will be one of the few that I get to watch as a fan this weekend. And that's what I'm going to go with. And though it's bold, I don't think that it's impossible or that far-fetched. So that's my pick. Nick, you absolutely read my mind in terms of your bold prediction for this week. I have an identical one written down (laughs) in my notes today. And I gave specific players who he finds in the end zone. I have Justin Fields throwing two touchdowns and getting one on the ground. Throwing to the number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. And one of his favorite connections last year. Finding each other seven times in the end zone in 2022. And that is Cole Komet. We have to get him going as the second option on that offense, which is a rarity at the tight end position. But that is what Cole Komet is capable of in this modern passing era. He has gone away from blocking a good amount, and he is a remarkable pass catcher. So we have to get the ball to number 85. And, of course, Justin Fields had countless rushing touchdowns last year. We need to get that run game going because he is a dynamic talent, not only throwing, but moving the sticks on his feet. So, Nick, I will give a prediction for this game, but something that outshined to me the Justin Fields news today was the news of our defensive coordinator. And so many people online were foolish for believing outlandish reports about defensive coordinator Alan Williams. It was first reported that his home was raided and Hallis Hall was raided by the FBI and that Peanut Tillman was involved. All of that was garbage and a lie made up by someone who is not involved in sports media whatsoever. And if they are, they are terrible at their job. So put those preposterous rumors aside. None of that was accurate. As Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter reported, 
and the Bears made a statement. It's plain and simple. Allen Williams was not with the Bears in that Buccaneers game, and Matt Eberflus was calling the defense. Matt Eberflus decided to not comment on whether Allen Williams was still the defensive coordinator for the Bears or not. It later came out that Allen Williams resigned this morning, which is an absolute stunner. He's attributing it to spending time with his family and getting his health back right. So if that's the case, it's not something you want to mess around with. And likely this week we'll have Matt Eberflus calling the defense once again. Maybe we will bring someone up as an interim defensive coordinator down the road or hire someone. But this defense is going to get obliterated once again, I am afraid, by none other than Patrick Mahomes, number 15, the best quarterback in football. So, Nick, to round out the show, I'll give you my game prediction. Defensively, for my bold prediction, it's simple. You have to attack Travis Kelsey. Do not let him get to the spot in the red zone and particularly the end zone. If you can keep number 87 from scoring, then that's a win in itself. This defense is banged up. We're hoping that Eddie Jackson is back on the field Sunday afternoon. So that is my defensive bull prediction. Keep Travis Kelsey from scoring a touchdown. I would say that's bold because he's always going to find himself in an advantageous position because he is one of the premier pass catchers in the game of football, regardless of position. But I do agree with you wholeheartedly that Justin Fields is going to put on a dominant performance, silencing the doubters. The Bears keep it close, staying well within that 12-and-a-half spread. Coming down to the wire, Chiefs win it 26-21. Wow. Okay. That would be, that would almost be a win to me. Uh, I, I do think the Bears cover. I don't think it's quite that close. I got the Bears scoring a little bit more. I got the Chiefs scoring a good chunk more. I don't even know what the over under is, but I've seen the spread. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs at home 31, Bears 24, covering, putting up some points. Good game from Fields. No turnovers. And then I'm trying to think. I think it was uh, Hogan Johns, on, you know, the Adams uh, from that podcast, talking about how the schedule opens up. And it does a little bit after that. Where you can get two in a row, three out of four. So we will see. I do think the Bears are going to bounce back. I still think there's talent in that room. i far from giving up on Justin Fields. Not quite giving up on Matt Eberflus, but he needs to show some in-game coaching here. Uh, you know, really curious to learn kind of what's going on with, with Alan Williams, if that comes out. Uh, but obviously, yeah, crazy day at Hallis Hall. See the Bears drop into a tough, tough record, but at least making it fun to watch a little bit on Sunday. Nick, you know what I always say? 0-3 is arguably the most ugly record in sports because you're putting yourself in the hole Week in, week out. But I do think, like we mentioned, the Bears keep it tight. 
and Matt Eberflus as a head coach has to show us something, show some fight out there. Obviously, he is not in between the white lines, but good Lord, man, have a pride in this franchise and in your job as head coach of one of the most storied football teams that has ever existed. Show that you care, even by keeping this game within one or two scores. It's a tough atmosphere at Arrowhead, as we know. Going up against the most prolific offense in the game, you have to put yourself in a position to not be a laughing stock anymore. So many people taking shots at me this week, many of which will be listening to this show, not going to name names. It's plain and simple, folks. We know how bad the Chicago Bears are. We're saying it for 25 plus minutes on this podcast. Don't throw stones in glass houses if you are a fan of a team that just lost a two-score lead in the fourth quarter to the Atlanta Falcons. That's all I'm going to say, folks. Justin Fields coming out party 2023. And we grab a victory in week four against the Denver Broncos. Best game of the weekend, Saturday night, college football. Buckeyes at the Irish. You're Irish pulling it off? We are, ND. That's the game I'm most excited for. Certainly outside of outside of my job aspect, I'm going to, you know, get back from Indiana where that game will be played, knock out some good work, you know, and, and be able to check that out Saturday night. That's just college football at its finest. I kind of think that Notre Dame does it. And hats off to Hartman and Marcus Freeman if they do. Enjoy. Nick, underdogs at home is absolutely disrespectful for the Heisman candidate, Sam Hartman. Tune in all weekend long for some beautiful football being played across the country. And as always, folks, do some bear down forever.